A good team will make a mediocre technology flourish. A team that doesn't operate well can kill a very good technology. Welcome back to another episode of the Innovation Roundtable Insights Podcast. That's Peter Volters. At our workshop hosted by Gore in Newark, Delaware, Peter discussed corporate venturing and how large corporations can be effective at working with startups. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Peter, thank you for joining me today. Could you tell us a little bit about um, your current position with uh, DSM and some of the responsibilities you have as a result? Yeah, so um, I'm the managing director of DSM Venturing, which means um, I'm responsible for the group that invests in external startups for DSM. Um, next to that, I'm also a vice president of the DSM Innovation Center, uh, which is a global innovation center, and venturing is part of the effort of the Innovation Center. Um, responsibilities include um, a portfolio of currently 33 companies uh, across a number of areas, nutritional health, um, biomedical, solar, and additive manufacturing or 3D printing. Great. Now, when uh, DSM generally speaking, decides to partner with a startup or a new idea, what, what, um, what kind of form does it generally take? Is it a joint venture? Is it a partnership, um, an acquisition? Uh, could you touch on that briefly? Yeah, it could be all of those. Um, you know, my day job being venture investing, I usually am involved or my team is involved when it is at least including an investment in the startups. But we never make an investment without an eye to some strategic collaboration with one of the business units or with a future business that DSM wants to get into. And that could take the shape of an acquisition, uh, it could be a manufacturing deal, distribution deal, um, and usually as part of the investment, we negotiate certain rights for that business to negotiate commercial terms with the startup. Now, how do you go about deciding the actual form of uh, the partnership? Right, so you know, we, we look at what makes most sense for both the startup as well as for DSM. Um, if it's very early stage, it's likely that we will get involved. If it's a more mature startup, uh, probably with some commercial revenues, valuations are gonna be higher, so then it could be a joint venture, or there are a few cases where the business directly made uh, a larger investment, uh, usually as a precursor to a potential acquisition. Uh, so it really depends on the circumstances and what makes the most sense for both parties. Absolutely. And to build off of that, are there any general strategies, any general procedures you use to try to create a win-win a situation for both parties where there's a value proposition on both sides? Yeah, I think, again, depending on the stage of the, of the startup, um, we try to look at what is the next inflection point for them? And how can we, as DSM, whether it's the business or the innovation center, be most helpful in them reaching that value inflection point? Um, and it also depends on what we think our end game is gonna be on the DSM side. So I, I, I'm, I don't think I can give you like a handbook of how we do this with flowcharts. It's, it's more common business sense and having done a lot of these uh, with the people in the room deciding what, how we're going to proceed. I understand. Very circumstantial, case-by-case -case basis, yeah. I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. What, with a lot of data points and learnings over the last um, 18 years of doing innovation and venturing in the, in the way we do it right now. Now, 
in terms of the people you work with, the, uh, the team you work with on a day-to-day basis, how did you go about building that team up? Were there any specific characteristics you were looking for, personality traits? Yeah, so, so again, I'm, I'm answering this from my day job, as I call it, which is the external investment mm-hmm. uh, arm. And um, for that, we figured out, uh, after I joined, um, we, we looked at the first decade of experience, what worked, what didn't work so well, how can we improve? And we figured out that this work is uh, not a career development position that you do for three years and then you move on to one of the businesses of DSM. We we figured out that this is is a career in its own right because you need people who, without the power necessarily, and we usually have minority investment stakes, can influence on the board level, who know the industry that the startups are playing in well enough to really add value, bring partners to the table, make referrals, have experience seeing things successful and fail. Um, So we hired more people from the outside than had been done until then, trying to reach a balance between people with startup experience, uh, large company experience, including DSM. So some people have been with DSM for a long time and investment experience and, and always make sure that on each individual case, there's a good blend of those capabilities around the table during the deals. Great, and that was very helpful, very insightful. In terms of, now how do you go about bridging the culture gap between a startup and a large organization? Startups are pretty famous or infamous, whichever the case is, for being very fast-paced culture, very short horizons. How do you go about building a bridge between that and say a large organization that has more of a long-term view, longer horizons. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm laughing because you're so right. It, 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 it's, it's almost two incompatible cultures and it really helps. So I have a startup background myself and several people in my team have it. So we know what it is if you cannot make payroll and if you have to ask your people to not take salary for six months because you're not ready for your next round of financing yet. Um, so that it, the, the answer to your question, I think, lies in the people that you have who speak both the startup language and the corporate language well enough to, to build those bridges and have credibility on both sides um, that they're being increasingly trusted uh, doing that. And I can't imagine how difficult it is to find those people that have a foot in each world that can speak both languages. It is. It is tough. It's not your typical venture capital investor who is often very financially driven. Um, We are a large corporation. We fit in the normal uh, HR practices there. Uh, So if if you're just in it for the money, you're in the wrong place with us. Um, So what what ends up happening is that we get very experienced senior people with 25, 30 years. Now that the team is growing though, we're starting to think about um, um, training, well not training, but grooming people internally, so getting them uh, at at an earlier stage in their career and grooming them internally because we have enough of the senior group now to do that. Uh, Initially that was a bit of a problem when we were just five people. But now you've grown, you've built up human capital, built up that real knowledge base that I can only assume is so crucial to the whole process. It's it's the one thing, I would say. Uh, That and uh, somebody was joking to me the other day, whether venturing and, and innovation with external startups really gets into the DNA of a, of a large corporation is only tested when you have had a few senior leadership changes. 
uh, we've been fortunate enough that um, uh, it's been pretty stable at the top. There have been new people, but also a, a stable uh, hand uh, for over a decade. Um, and I think we're at that point where, uh, where it's really part of how we do business, including in the business groups. But those two elements, the people and the stability, don't do stop-go the whole time because it takes a long time to integrate this in, in how you do business. Now, when you, now when you find a, an external uh, business to partner with, a startup to partner with, how, how does the process work taking them from just simply a startup that just partnered with you all the way through to uh, scaling them and growing them. Right. So here is where hopefully DSM can really help. Um, you know, in several areas we are a large market player and there we can hopefully help the startup um, do it faster than they could do it on their own. Um, scaling up manufacturing or having access to larger customers than they would have access to by themselves. Uh, and we try to build that in um, in the initial thesis of what this should look like, and then there's a lot of trial and error over, over the years. Um, if it's a newer business for DSM, and DSM is not a dominant player in the market yet, um, sometimes we learn a lot from the startups and then we give them much more free range, uh, but at some point we might be interested in acquiring them, for instance. Now when you get all the way to, you've taken a startup, you've grown it, you've scaled it, what sort of challenges do you see towards the end when the business is qu not quite ready to, ready to go out on its own, but it's reaching maturity? You mean the startups business? Yeah. yeah. Um, so here again, this is something we've learned over the years. We always want to create assets that are not only desirable for us, but also for other people. So, you know, there are occasions where um, with the other people around the table who own the company, and it's usually um, several other other groups than just DSM Venturing. Um, we figure out what is the best ownership structure here, what kind of valuation should it be, do we need a banker to help with this process or not, and sometimes DSM, the business, is interested, and sometimes not, and then you hope that you've created something with enough value um, that somebody else will acquire it, uh, and that DSM still keeps a relationship under the new ownership with the business that has been built. That's great. I, I've never, I'd never do that before. Now we have uh, time for just uh, one last question. Sure. Are what um are there any lessons or any um, ideas or le again lessons that you've learned through your years with DSM, either through success or failure, that you feel really help you in your role today? So, yeah, I, I'll I'll answer that not just for the years in DSM, but also the the, the, the many <laughs> unfortunately years. Uh, before that in startups and in other organizations. Uh, it is all about the people and having the right people in the team and working, making sure, let me answer it in a different way. Uh, I think it's true for, for several of the companies I've seen here today where the companies are usually very good at technology development, at research and development. Um, and uh, sometimes it is really important to look at the people side of the team that you invest in and work with and making sure that that team can be successful. A, a good team will make a, a mediocre technology mm -hmm. flourish. Uh, a team that doesn't operate well can kill uh, a very good technology. 
Um, and, and also the alignment, since we are minority investors usually with the other investors and the board members around the table is extremely important, and the alignment with the receiving DSM business. So a lot of it has to do with creating trusting relationships with all these dif different stakeholders. Um, there can be a tendency to be very formalistic about it, writing support letters internally. We figured out over the years that that is not really what matters. It's really the trust between the people who often will change during the holding of, uh, of an investment or the development of a product. So there, it, it, it has to be obvious also to a successor in many cases why this was done, why it makes sense. And, and then you get really good relationships that make the project successful. I couldn't agree more. Thank you so much for taking the time to sit with me and talk about your experience and what your current role at uh, DSM. Oh, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. You can find our show in most podcast apps. Subscribe for free to get the latest episodes. The video and the transcript of this podcast and all of our other exclusive interviews can be accessed via innovationroundtable.online. The Innovation Roundtable online network is your portal to a wide variety of exclusive content including video presentations, interviews, insights reports, and articles. Not only that, innovationroundtable.online is also a place where you can connect with thousands of other corporate innovators, share experiences, request collaborations, and gain inspiration from your peers. Our network is exclusively for innovation, HR, and marketing practitioners in large firms. So visit innovationroundtable.online to discover more and request your 15-day free trial account.